you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, socially distancing and masking when and where possible. And we have uh, reached the halfway point. I guess we're beyond the halfway point of our Fantasy Camp series. We finished the AFC last week. And big thanks to all my guests who jumped in to help me break down the AFC division. So uh, process of elimination, that means we start the NFC today. So uh, we'll go through the four NFC divisions over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I have a bunch of very exciting guests lined up for that. I will get to my guests today in just a moment as we talk about the NFC East, which Perfect timing. Uh, our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire, also noted Giants fan, is back from vacation. So, uh, Murph, just in time. Welcome back. How was the vacay? 
it was good. Surprisingly, I'm like the only uh, person who lives in L.A. to get more suntan in New York City than fly back <laughs> with one. But uh, yeah, after a while of just like sitting outside my backyard and, and smoking meat on the on the smoker and uh, sitting in the pool, I'm like, I, I should probably do something again with my life. So flew back. Uh, <laughs> going to be here working. And it, I, like you said, it's a great, uh, great episode to start back on with uh, NFC East. Yeah. Uh, instead of you know, a lot of people take a gap year like in college, you kind of took a gap week this summer, I guess. Um I, it just, you know, we, we've been talking about it weekly on this show is like sometimes you just need to exhale and find the positives, uh, what's going on during this. And it's like as long as you're uh, in your bubble of like your backyard and not seeing what's going on in the outside world and you're just enjoying life, it's it's not so bad. But yeah. uh, like I said, it, it is good to be back. And uh, I mean, sports are on uh, for the time being, which for is now. really good. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm trying to enjoy it's a, it's a day by day process to enjoy stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Understandable. So. Uh, so, all right. Let's get to our, our guest, a couple of guys that I really enjoy talking fantasy sports with. Uh, start with uh, a guy that uh, you can find him over at Big Guy Fantasy Sports. He also publishes the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. It is out now on Amazon. You can go get it. Uh, also, one of the brains behind the King's Classic Fantasy League that I've been fortunate enough to participate in uh, since its inception uh, a couple of years ago. It was uh, this gentleman, along with Brad Evans, who helped put it together. Uh, and excited to welcome to the show Bob Long, who was uh, live from Canton, Ohio, where Bob, I know normally you know, we're, we're getting busy and it's like kind of a hive of activity. Unfortunately, this year, it's just it's not going to be the same in Canton. It is not. No Hall of Fame, no Hall of Fame event, no Hall of Fame game, no Hall of Fame parade. It's, uh, as I said, uh, off the air, it's a big kick in the nuts to Canton, Ohio, because yeah. it's uh, big revenue for us. But Marcus, thank you for having me on here. Uh, always a pleasure to see you. Love the fact you've been coming in the last couple of years to represent uh, NFL.com and the Kings Classic. Uh, and uh, sadly, we have to do it online this year, but we're still doing it. We're still moving forward and looking forward to that. Uh, we expanded the league this year and have a division now with seven international sites. Wow. Brazil, Australia, Germany, UK, Canada, Mexico. So we're excited about that. That's going to be half of our new Dawson division, Len Dawson division. Wow. Uh, with some other guys we should have had in in the past, Evan Silva and those kind of guys. So uh, so we're expanding and so we're, we're taking it. We're taking it international this time. That's that's awesome. That that's very cool. I'm I'm glad to be a part of it. Uh, I'm I'm sad that we won't be able to close down the Buffalo Wild Wings exactly. this, this yeah, year. Yeah. Amen uh, to that. that. That has become a tradition unlike any other. So, uh, you know, B-dubs, you're going to have to wait a year. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll, we'll be back. We'll swoop down upon them. Uh, other guests, you are familiar with this gentleman because he has been on this show plenty of times. Not only a friend of the program, just a friend in general. One of these smart, good guys in this industry. Uh, you know him over from Football Diehards, also from Sirius XM Radio. It is our good friend, Bob Harris. And, and Bob, I have to say that you, to this show, are sort of like Steve Martin hosting SNL at this point. Like you need like your own smoking jacket, your own like waiting room. You need all that stuff. Yeah, I totally do. And uh, look, I love coming on with you guys. Uh, enjoy every chance I have to talk to you, Marcus. Uh, Eddie is becoming a part of the family. So um, yeah, this is great. And, and this is, you know, <clears throat> I know we talk about the social distancing. I mean, for me, this is the norm, right? I mean, the, the, the going places and being around people is a different part. So I will miss that opportunity. One of the great things about the Kings Classic uh, each year is going and, and getting FaceTime and, you know, personal connections with people that we, you know, look, we all talk amongst ourselves on the electronic platforms and stuff. But that personal uh, time together is always great. So uh, I'm mm -hmm. sad for missing out on that, but kind of normal for me. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, so, like I said, hopefully uh, a year from now, things will be back to clo- closer to normal and we can all, uh, you know, we can all fellowship in person again. That would be cool. fantastic. Uh, in the meantime, let's talk some NFC East football, shall we? Uh, as always, I've got my big questions for each team. We'll do some superlatives, kind of best and worsts of the division. And then I always like to finish out with some some fun either or questions uh, to wrap the things up. So let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to throw this out here to you long first. Uh, and, and, you know, Harris, if you got I have to remember to use last name. So if I just say Bob, this is going to get really confusing. So, <laughs> right. I got it. So, uh, I mean, Long, how do you feel about Amari Cooper? And I, I ask that because he's a guy who, you know, gets drafted as a top 10, finishes in the top 10. But, man, those roller coaster weeks seem really hard to deal with. Uh, is that something you're factoring in when you're looking at Amari Cooper? Oh, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. You know that my stuff's all about the consistency of the player in fantasy football. And nobody is as inconsistent as we nicknamed him the fantasy locust, uh, Amari <laughs> Cooper. Uh, you know, last year, you know, Michael Gallup was more consistent, 64% versus 63%. Uh, and, and again, you know, he was top 10 in points but 63% consistency that puts him like 22nd in what in, in wide receivers. And here's the thing. That's the best season he's had in his career consistency wise. Hmm. So I just can't draft this guy ever, especially when he's going as a top 12. You know, and you know, Harris, uh, he mentioned Michael Gallup, and I feel like, I referred earlier this offseason to Michael Gallup as the Jan Brady of fantasy football because, you know, everybody talks about Amari Cooper. Everybody talks about C.D. Lamb. Uh, and I feel like, you know, Michael Gallup doesn't get maybe as much attention as as maybe he should be. Or, or am I wrong? Is he just going to be kind of the the, the third wheel there in Dallas? And in a lot of cases, and we may talk about this with the Giants as well, the most expensive component is not the component I want. It's the cheaper component. In this case, I mean, Lamb is not yet as expensive as Gallup, but it's closer than it should be. I mean, you look at last season, 1,100 yards, 16.8 yards reception. It was only Kenny Galladay and Mike Evans with 100 targets had more yards per catch than Michael Gallup. And Gallup is the guy that uh, the Dak Prescott looks to when he's in trouble, right? When he's under pressure. No, I don't think any other receiver had more touchdowns when their quarterback was under pressure than, than Michael Gallup. So missed a couple games. The totals were limited. Average 15.2 fantasy points per game tied Calvin Ridley for 18th most among wide receivers. Totally disrespected is this Michael Gallup fellow. I mean, that's how I feel. I absolutely feel that way. And like I've been trying to grab him as many spots as I possibly can because I, I still think there's uh, a pretty high ceiling for him there. Um, I mean, so long, we, we've got all these receivers, got all these pass catchers in Dallas. I know Dak was fantastic last year. He's still kind of being drafted as maybe the third or fourth quarterback off the board. What would have to happen, and is it possible for Dak to finish this year potentially as the QB1 ahead of, say, Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson? Well, if we're going on total points, then that's certainly the, the key here. I mean, here's the thing. If he matches last season, just matches it, and ends up second total points, he was, what, 40, 50 points behind Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson misses three or four games due to injury, and when you run that much, that's always a possibility. Uh, and same way with Mahomes, he could be the number one guy. If he can just stay, you know, stay in that same realm he was going at last year, he could he could be the number one overall quarterback. I mean, it would have to. I think it has to take an injury, a uh, few games here, there for Mahomes and LJ. Uh, but I think he could be done. All right. Um, so then, 
we talk about the other pass catchers, right? Blake Jarwin is a guy that has sort of kind of crept on the radar. I mean, Harris, is is he ready to make the leap? Is he really the sleeper that we all think he is? Well, you don't have to pay to find out. So there's that. I mean, still going <laughs> absurdly late. And look, I like, I think, you know, we always uh, joke about on the Football Diehards podcast, uh, the sea of mediocrity that is the tight end pool and how shallow it is. You don't need your water wings. You can just wait on in and kind of get shin deep. And, and, that, and so... This this season, it just seems like it's so so. There's so much depth of guys with some upside, and Jarwin's on that list. And so, if you're drafting him as a tight end two, and you're not that you know you're not that worried about the production, you're ready to move on and stream quickly. Or if you're doing a late flyer in best ball, I mean, there's a lot of targets were vacated with uh, with Witten gone, and, and so I I can see where he might get something done. I'm not investing a ton, but again, the price is the price is right. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, like the times I've drafted him, it literally is, you know, last pick or or second to last yes. pick. I mean, it's 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 tail end of the draft. And my my argument has been that Jason Witten was the tight end 11. And basically all he did was catch the ball and fall down. Right. Um, and I know that that probably says more about the tight end position than it does necessarily about what Jason Witten did last year. Uh, but I, I'd like to believe that that Blake Jarwin being younger and a little more agile can do more than just catch the ball and fall mm. down. Um so I'm sort of I'm sort of using that. And again, like you said, the I, the draft I, I the draft Marcus, equity it's it's almost none. Yeah, I think Marcus. The thing is, is the, you, you, there's a ton of Jarwins out there, right? There's a lot of guys that you could that you could take in that same race. So it's kind of a personal preference if you think that offense is you know is the one is your choice. But I mean, whether it's Jack Doyle, Johnny Smith, Mike Gusecki, I mean, in that same range of guys. And I mean, I'm probably getting up, up above that grade with Gasecki because he seems to be more of a darling. But there are a handful of players you could pick in with that late tight end pick that would get you that would that would satisfy your cravings. Yeah, uh, I mean, John New Smith is another name that that I've uh, thrown some darts at more than once in, in this draft season. Well, um, I that Bob is you know Jack Doyle is a perfect example of a guy who you know just three years ago was top ten in both total points and consistency, and that, that was before Ebron. Now Ebron's gone, um, but Jarwin last year only nineteen percent consistent, only three games over the you know the clutch factor in our rating, and that was week one, nine, and thirteen. So. He never even put two games together. So that's why I'm kind of staying away. And, and I feel like guys like Jack Doyle's a much better choice uh, that late versus a Jarwin. But, you know, like you said, it, you know, maybe he maybe he kicks it up this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, again, it, it, like like Harris said, I mean, the the draft price is right. Uh, right. If it doesn't work out, if it doesn't work out, you haven't really hamstrung yourself all, all right. that much necessarily. Um, all right. This is the part that Eddie is 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 uh, tuning in for. <laughs> it is the uh, let's, let's talk about the Giants. Um, and, and I'll start with you, Harris. Uh, are you buying into the Daniel Jones hype? And I guess I mean that in a, in a fantasy perspective to the point that, you know, will he have enough usable weeks that he'll be worth, you know, taking a swing at in drafts? Yeah. The question is I'm buying into the hype so damn much. I'm creating, something, <laughs> so I'm not buying into it. I am the engineer of this train. You are only the conductor, Mark. I mean, this is, this is my, and I get, I get the issues, right? Uh, Pittsburgh, Chicago, San Francisco, and the Rams to start the season. It's going to be a tough road. Or is it? I mean, early on in the season, we don't know what the hell's going on. Teams aren't coming together under the best of circumstances, right? Uh, these are not the best of circumstances. So or these are tough defenses, yes. Does that is that scaring me off of Daniel Jones? Uh, probably irrationally, no. Because I am <laughs> all in on this. Look, I love the upside last year, right? And that was without all the weapons available full-time. 
I mean, there was stretches without Golden Tate, stretches without Sterling Shepard, stretches without Saquon Barkley, stretches without Evan Ingram. I like the new coach, this judge, this judge guy. It impresses me. I like the demeanor. I like the way he comes in. Jason Garrett, as the offensive coordinator, has had a hand in developing at least one good quarterback I could think of. His name was Tony Romo. So, look, I like all this. You know, the Week 16 game is Baltimore is a little bit worrisome, too. But I think Daniel Jones, you look at the you look at the high end, the ceiling he demonstrated last year. I think that's what we're hoping for. And if you're looking to draft that guy every year, we want. You know, why did Lamar Jackson win you titles last year, Marcus? Not because he was the best player in fantasy football. That was part of it, but because you mm-hmm. drafted him in the double-digit rounds. I'm looking for this year's guy that I'm drafting in double-digit rounds, or certainly late single digits, who might come on enough to win me the title. And that's why the hype for me for Daniel Jones. And I'm overplaying the hype angle. I just like him a lot. But uh, <laughs> but but those are the reasons why. Uh, have we have we gotten spoiled, by the way? I mean, you, you mentioned last year, right? Everybody got everybody who got Lamar Jackson late ends up with a gym. Two years ago, it was everybody who got Patrick Mahomes late. You end up with a gym. Um, have we gotten conditioned uh, maybe to looking for something that that yes. is a really hard standard to live up to? <laughs> yes, an impossible standard, right? I mean, like that's, uh, this year, it's gotten to the point where Kyler Murray – He's already priced up for that yes. very reason. I mean, we're ha- we mm-hmm. have that expectation is he's going to be that next guy, and we're already paying for it. So I want to pay for the price for the guy who has at least a chance to be that guy, even if he's not. I, I blame myself for some of the Kyler Murray hype. I was I was shoveling coal on that hype train engine probably back in like December, or January. So, uh, so I'll, I'll I'll take some of that blame for that one right there. Um, so obviously we talk about Daniel Jones. We got to talk about the pass catchers and and long. I mean the the Darius Slayton hype has been pretty loud lately. Are you buying into this hype uh, in terms, especially in terms of like where you have to get him now? Like I've seen him go in like this. I've taken him in the seventh round in in mock drafts. I mean, is is right. that hype has it gotten out of control now? Well, I think it's a little too high. Uh, in fact, I think the one person that they should be hyping that they're not and the one that I'm hyping because, of course, I'm all about consistency. And this guy was 82 percent consistent after he came back last year. And that's Golden Tate. Mm-hmm. And Golden Tate was, you know, we talked about Daniel Jones, his consistency as a quarterback, not very good, 38 percent. But his receivers with Darius Slayton that second half of the year, you know, uh, where he, uh, you know, was pretty much on on par with him. You know, as I said, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard becomes kind of the third wheel now. But both of those guys, I, I well, I'm very high on Tate because I can get Tate three or four or five rounds later than Darius mm-hmm. Slayton. And so I'm getting him as my wide receiver five or six. Perfect spot. Uh, and I think he's going to continue. He had a great c- chemistry with him last year. Um, but the one thing with Slayton that scares me a little bit is even though he had that nice stretch there between week nine through week 14 or 15, was that uh, in that time frame, two games totaled 67 points. That's 40% of his total points for the year of 170. So that kind of scares me. He's like, yeah, there is some consistency there in a, in a short time frame, but you know, there was two really big games that gives him that total points. That's why I'm not, I'm not buying into the hype on him, but I am buying the hype on Tate. All right. Uh, I mean, I feel like, and look, I feel like with Tate, what hurts him, and it's, it has nothing to do with Golden Tate. It has everything to do with us as fantasy folks. Is that we we always tend to to look young, right? We tend to skew younger, look right. for you know the quote unquote upside. Right. And Golden Tate is a name like you know we we know Golden Tate, right? He's he's McDonald's. We've seen him a million times. We've seen mm-hmm. him everywhere. Um, and look, 
man, I still love chicken McNuggets. Like they're yeah. still fine. Yeah. Um, but like it's not like it's not like when the McRib comes out. I feel like Darius Slayton is sort <laughs> of the McRib. There you go. And 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 Golden Tate is chicken nuggets, right? Like right. um yeah, that was maybe not the best analogy, but you know, I'm working on the fly here. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, Harris, with, with Evan Ingram here, I mean, obviously we know what he can be. The issue for him has been health. How are you approaching him in drafts, if, if you're even approaching him at all at this point? I am injury agnostic. Hell, I still draft Tyler Eifert. I don't care. Injury history <laughs> means nothing to me, right? Um, what means something to me is price. And, and at this point, you know, talked to our friend Rich Rebar from Sharp Football the other day, who I met in human form at Bob's event, uh, the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo last year, which was great, uh, associated with the Kings Classic. But, and, and, you know, listening to him, and this has been kind of his thing a couple of years, if you miss out on that top tier, which is ba- basically two guys, if you miss out mm-hmm. on the, the, Kittle, the, the Kittle and Kelsey uh, portion of this thing, I'll still invest in the, uh, in the, in the Andrew Zertz, if the price is right, if I feel comfortable with it, or if my roster construction is going that way, but that mid range, I don't want anything to do with it, but they're, they're kind of almost turning into 10 foot pole guys. I wouldn't touch them with eddies. And uh, so that's the, that's the issue for me. He's in that range of guys and, you know, Darren Waller is there. Uh, Ertz is trying to get there. There's a whole batch of guys that I just, I'll just, I'd rather wait for later. And there's those really cheap upside guys we talked about, whether, you know, you're looking at the Noah fans, the Mike Gusecki's, or, or that range of players. The Jack Doyle is the guy that I've been targeting, as Bob mentioned, for the reasons he mentioned. But And he's even cheaper. But I'm just staying away from that mid-tier. And Evan Ingram is a big part of that. I could sit here and say it's because uh, I'm afraid he gets hurt. But it's not. I'm not afraid of anyone getting hurt. They're all going to get hurt. Deal with it. Yeah. I, I will say this. I, and I've said this repeatedly on, on this show that – the the drafts I felt best about are the ones where I either go early for a tight end and, and you know get a, a Kittle or a Kelsey or I wait and I'm getting you know a Gasicki, a Fant, a John New yep. Smith. It, it's when I go in that mid range that I look at the rest of the roster and I'm just kind of like uh, I'm just not inspired by it. So um, yeah, no, I I completely understand that. Uh, over to Philadelphia. And uh, you know, now Bob Harris and I have sort of talked about this. We talked about this on your serious show with uh, with Mike Dempsey. So I'm going to ask you long about this. What is the ceiling and how do you feel about Miles Sanders? And I, and I sort of ask it because I was always afraid that the Eagles were going to bring somebody else in, that they were going to you know, sign a free agent, whether it's Devontae Freeman or somebody else. I feel like a lot of that threat has passed now, maybe not completely gone, but it's passed now that we're into training camp. Um, so are we can you feel more comfortable about Miles Sanders getting a large role there in Philadelphia right now? I can. And if you look at the last six games of last year and just extrapolate that over a season, that'd be three over 303 points. That would put him in fifth place. That to me is a ceiling. That's it's pretty high, but he did it the last six games. So if he can stay healthy, team stays focused with him as the as the main guy, certainly can do it. But I'd even be comfortable at 245 points, which would put him 10th. So that's, you know, not a huge up, you know, not a huge ceiling, but definitely. He can, he can be a top 10 back. There's no question about it. He's being drafted as one. Um, I haven't had a lot of shares of him. Usually just where I'm picking, he either goes early or goes late. Uh, but, yeah, I think he certainly has the potential, and his last six games showed it last year. Yeah, I mean, I love his talent. I just I, I just have this nagging feeling that Doug Peterson is going to, you know, right. throw a wrench in this whole thing again. And then, like, you know, we're going to see Boston Scott getting, you know, key carries or key touches. And, and we're all or Devonta be, you know, Freeman. Where is that guy? Right. 
<laughs> right. Like, I mean, there's still a chance that he could sign somewhere, right? Like sure, he could yeah. show up in Philadelphia and really just like gum up the whole work. So that that sort of worries me. Um, Harris, which which of these Eagles receivers do you believe in the most? I mean, they got a lot of guys there, but I feel like none of them are getting anybody excited right now. Yeah, zero of them. I have faith and confidence in. Uh, it's the tight ends. It's the running back. And, you know, I'm kind of with you. I have a little bit of a blind spot on Miles Sanders just at his current price, but it's not to say I won't get him because I think he is probably the biggest playmaker in this offense. We'll see. I mean, Sean Jackson is the easily overlooked guy who's dirt cheap, best ball fodder for me. Love it. Mm -hmm. Um, At this point in the 14th round, uh, taking a best ball flyer and Alshon Jeffrey, when I feel like I have five guys ahead of him that can get the job done too. Uh, I know, I know he's old. He's, he hates Carson Wentz, all these things. Hey, I've done it too, though. So I, I get it. I've, I've right. made the same. I've made the same pick. It's more about the price for me, and 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 what the potential roles are. And for the rest of them, I don't trust any of their roles, and that's the problem. Uh, you know, I want to see some kind of path to workload, and and I don't necessarily see that with JJ Ortega Whiteside. I don't necessarily see that with Rager. Uh, <clears throat> assuming, you know, assuming Jeffrey and Jackson are healthy, those are the kind of guys that I think that I I understand the roles. Otherwise, it's going to be a developing situation. I don't know if I want to draft developing situations. I'd rather pick them up on free if it's free agents, which may means I miss out on these guys. And kudos to those who come out ahead for beating me to the punch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say that if something, if one thing has happened this offseason that I think is good, uh, I think I've been cured of my J.J. Arthago wide side deep sleeper hopes. <laughs> um, I, I planted that flag last year. It obviously didn't work out. Um, and at the start of this offseason, I thought maybe there's a chance, maybe there's a chance. And then, you know, they draft Rager, uh, Alshon Jeffrey comes back, Deshaun Jackson's supposed to be healthy. And I was like, okay, I think, I think I'm over that now. I think, <laughs> I think I've been cured. Um, Long, how worried are you about Zach Ertz? I mean, everybody, every time you talk about Zach Ertz, somebody's going to pop up and shout the name Dallas Goddard. Uh, is, is that overblown? Is that a real concern we should have? I think it's a real concern. Last year, they both had the exact same consistency rating of 67%. And Goddard is being drafted, what, five, six, seven rounds later. So, you know, if you want to wait, as you guys were talking about waiting for the John New Smiths and, you know, the later uh, tight ends, I mean, Dallas Goddard is going in rounds, 10, you know, at least in double digits, 10, 11, 12. And so, again, with the matching consistency from last year, I'm just not I, I'm I don't have a single share of Zacherts. And I doubt if I will, because I'm kind of like what you guys are talking, where I'm either going Kelsey Kittle or I am doing a lot of of Ingram and Hunter Henry. Uh, is those mid-tier guys because I feel the confident or the I have the confidence in their consistency because it's always been there in the past. It's just a question of staying healthy. Um, but you know, I certainly have no problem if I missed out even on those two guys going with Goddard a little bit later. So no, nah, I'm not. I'm just not buying into Ertz this year. Uh, I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I guess my my thought is like, with Goddard is that he's not going to be great for fantasy. But I say this about a lot of guys, right? Those guys who aren't great for fantasy, but they do just enough to wreck somebody else's year. <laughs> and and I, that's that's kind of where I'm falling on Dallas Goddard. Like he's not I don't think he's going to be productive enough that I would consider having him on my roster. But he's going to do just enough that he makes me nervous about Zach Ertz. So, right. Um, 
All right. Uh, let's finish up this round with the Washington football team, which, by the way, have you guys gotten your WFT gear? Like, I, I feel like you should get it just because it'll be a collector's item. Oh, absolutely. Year. Yeah, right. Exactly. I feel like if I get it, I'm just buying into the whole thing where this is just all a merchandising thing to make a bunch yeah. of extra money. So um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, so whatever. Well, I mean, look, people will buy the shirts. Um, you know, I'm sure the, the WFT, if things go sideways, will end up easily becoming WTF. Uh, yes. And you know, we'll all have a good laugh. But mm-hmm. uh, Harris, I'll start with you here. After Terry McLaurin, is there a pass catcher in this offense that you like, that you trust, that you believe in at all? No. Um, that being the case, I'll spend the last round pick on Steven Sims based on that narrow band we saw late last year. Uh, you know, 20 passes, 230 yards, four touchdowns over the last four games. I thought it was a, it was a good sign, but that's all there is. And I, like, I realize these other guys are there and maybe they'll do some. Kelvin Harmon was pretty heavily targeted. Antonio Golden Gandy, Gandy Golden is a guy that comes in as different, you know, and those are guys that usually appeal to me, the different piece. Uh, than what they have. And Trey Quinn, I know, has generated considerable buzz at various times, and and none of it interests me. None of it. Uh, I, I wrote Art Monk. Go ahead. I wrote Art Monk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, look, I'll, I'll take some shares of Ricky Sanders if I could. If I yeah, could. That, that'll work, too, yeah. You. So, something like that. Yeah, it um, depends on – and Antonio Gibson, depending on what he's listed as. I know there are some mm-hmm. platforms where he's listed as wide receiver – even there, it's kind of hard for me to to get really interested because, honestly, I don't know what the roles are. I mean, new coaching staff coming in adds a layer of difficulty to all these uh, calculations for me. And so I'm going to go with the more proven commodities here. And even at that, it better be at the damn good price. Yeah, well, I've taken a couple of late stabs at, uh, at Gibson. And I think because I, I feel like his path to production is going to be more as a receiver because they've got a lot of running backs there. Um, and I, and I know, I know there's some question marks in that backfield, which brings me to my next question for you, Bob Lung. Uh, how do you feel about Darius guys? He's gotten the clean bill of health. He says he's ready to go. He's had you know a couple of major knee injuries already in his young football career. Uh, I mean, how are we feeling about him right now? Well, I have to be like Bob Harrison to say, you know, everybody's going to get hurt. So you can't take that into consideration. You just have to go forward and say, this kid has the talent. He's got the ability to make things happen. Uh, he's proven that in the short periods of time that we've seen him play. And from that standpoint alone, you know, he's a nice flyer late in your draft. Uh, and I have no problem drafting him. Like you said, it's just, you know, he's got to stay healthy. And if we assume he's not, not going to get hurt, then I'm, I'm buying I know. I just, he, I want, I'd love for guys to just sign a waiver to be like, hey, Marcus, I am not going to get hurt. Like, I, right. he, yeah. <laughs> he, he's the, you know, I, I like that he knows it. You know, he even said I, he's the best practice player in the NFL right now, and he's got to right. prove it on the field. The, the narrow bands that we've seen on the field have been so impressive. And, you know, the, the pedigree he came in with and the body of production in college also, you know, demonstrated a lot. So, I'm, and again, this is, I've been on this program before, as you said, my smoking jacket hangs over there. Um, <laughs> I'm old and I'm mean, but mostly I'm cheap. And for a guy that might come in and be a true feature back and getting into that seventh round or whatever is really appealing to me. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the big upside, right? I mean, because of where he's coming off the board, you, know, you, you can take that swing at him and Chances are you have at least one, possibly two other running backs uh, ahead of him on your roster. So the the risk is lessened. So I, I totally get that. Um, 
You talk about narrow bands, uh, Bob Harris, and we saw kind of a narrowish band, I guess, of Dwayne Haskins. I, I don't look. I don't think anybody's going to make the reach that you could have him in redraft leagues. But if you're talking dynasty, if you're talking sort of the long view on Dwayne Haskins, uh, do you feel like there is something worth investing in there? Yes, he has a starting job for now, and even that's not very secure. That's kind of what I'm investing in at that level and dicey i'll uh for full disclosure i have i'm in a two quarterback dynasty league uh mm-hmm. with a bunch of industry people and i'll say it here because we've talked about it on various pods but matthew barry and i have been trying to he's been trying to get haskins away from me in a trade and we've been working on this for over a year um and we just see the values differently and in a two quarterback league i think he's a valuable asset beyond that He's just a developmental hope, right? I mean, and I do think we saw some improvement down the stretch last year that maybe gives you reasons for optimism. But the fact that they that the new coaching staff went out and brought in a guy, Kyle Allen, that they you know have some understanding, some feel for, and understands the system is a bit of a concern. So you know, don't overpay, which means don't pay anything. If you get him free, <laughs> uh, go ahead and get him. And and that's I think that's where I'm at with him. I love you negotiating with Matthew Berry through the media. It's like it's like a real NFL we trade negotiation. We've been at this for literally over a year. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, like there'll be little text flurries that we just can't seem to agree on uh, on the value. Oh man, that's that's hilarious. Also, I feel like if you're Ron Rivera, because you know they went and they they get Kyle Allen, and then I feel like it was maybe a few days or a week later that Cam Newton was released. If you're Ron Rivera, you sort of like kicking yourself, like wait, like I could have had my other quarterback and brought him in here. Or maybe they just really believe in Haskins that much. I don't know. Uh, I don't think um, so. Yeah, look, I'm trying to be positive. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to turn over a new leaf here. Uh, let's let's do some kind of superlatives around the NFC East, some of the, the top, biggest, best, most, whatevers uh, that you guys foresee. Uh, and I'll, I'll get one from each of you. I'll start with you, Bob Lung. Uh, who is going to be the top scoring fantasy receiver in the NFC East? I know we talked about Amari Cooper. You talked about his consistency or lack thereof uh is it is it easy to say that it will be him or is there somebody else no in fact i'm going to go with his teammate and we already talked about him earlier michael gallup you know michael gallup doesn't miss those games and you just again you know annualize out extrapolate out his fantasy points that he earned per game last year he would only been three points behind amari cooper so if he kicks it up a notch and amari even stays where he is i think gallup can take over and i think he can be the top scoring uh, receiver in in the NFC East. Do you concur, Mr. Harris? Uh, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick with Cooper, but it's not a bad argument <laughs> by long. All right, um, I'm gonna kind of call a small audible here on my next one. I, I said top scoring NFC East running back, not named Saquon, but then I realized that Ezekiel Elliott is there, and <laughs> he, very, he very easily he very easily could be that guy. So let's all let's, right, let's well, do, uh, sure, let's, take my answer. Damn it. So let's do let's do the, so obviously you say you say Zeke. All right, so let, let's let's take Zeke and Saquon out of it, right? Okay. Like. It, it, that leaves, you know, that leaves a couple guys in Philly. That leaves a couple guys in Washington. Who is the next then uh, after after the Saquon Zeke division is is all gone? Guys? <laughs> uh, I'd like to be super edgy and say Darius Geis, but I I have a job and I should probably do it responsibly. That's all I'll say. My- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, I have to go with Miles Sanders too. Like I said, I I think he easily makes top twelve. Yeah, that was that was one of those I like, was like, you know, in a fog when I was writing this rundown and just completely like, you know, I, I wrote that and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I thought that too. I'm like, 
We're so okay. yeah, I was. Uh, so I'm. I mean, All right, fine. I'm glad I caught that now before you know this makes it out to the internet and everybody's like, "What the heck is wrong with Twitter?" Would have loved it. Oh, yeah. they would have absolutely killed me for it. Um, <laughs> uh, Bob Long, who is the biggest, or maybe there are multiple, uh, your biggest sleepers coming out of the NFC East this year? Well, I hate to bring it up again, but I'm going to I'm going to put Golden Tate. I mean, I okay. think that, you know, again, most people have forgot about him. He's the old guy. He's the veteran. Nobody cares. He's going in double digit rounds from drafting purposes. You know, I I think by the end of the year, you're going to see him up there. You know, I, again, he'll have his moments where he might have a, a dud or two. But I think he's going to be a very solid, you know, could easily make top 36 in total points. All right. Uh, Harris. Uh, we're redefining sleepers. I, I'm gonna. I'd like to be edgy again. Say Devonta Freeman, but no. Um, <laughs> the, I'm gonna. I'm gonna just stick with Daniel Jones. Look, I think he's being drafted late enough that he mm-hmm. still qualifies for a sleeper. I mean, everyone knows him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know the whole sleeper thing, and for people who are watching the pod, is you know great right. values, uh, and he's still a great value. There are guys I like a lot of bit. I mean, if we were talking about sleeper sleepers, I would say Stephen Sims is a guy for me. It's a sleeper, mm-hmm. maybe a guy you throw that last round dart at in a best ball with hopes of getting a little production. Um, but, uh, I, you know, the flag has been planted for me. It's all Daniel Jones all day long. Yeah, I, look, I, yeah, I, I know it's it. a like, tough schedule, everybody. Leave me alone, Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I know that, look, you know, if you ask 10 different people their definition of a sleeper, you'll probably get 10 different answers. I know it's sort of nebulous, but, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we all have content to produce. So, you know, here we are. Uh, last one. Uh, and, Harris, I'll start with you here. The most overdrafted player or players in the NFC East, you think? Uh, I think Amari Cooper is tops of that list for me. Evan Ingram's on that list for me. Uh, like, I still have shares of Zach Ertz, but I'm, like, buying him, like, in the fifth round or so. I think that's still – relative value but if you're still pushing that third round Zach Ertz thing uh, no thank you please <laughs> uh Bob Long what, what are your thoughts I mean obviously I was all in on Cooper too if I had to throw out a second one though I, as much as I talk about the ceiling for Miles Sanders I'm kind of with you Marcus on the Doug Peterson knows how to screw this up you know, he kind of <laughs> whether it's Adam Gase or Nagy or whoever, they, they get these top running backs and they kind of screw with them and mess with them. And then fantasy wise, we we yell angry words. Um, <laughs> but, my, you know, I, I just did uh, pros versus Joe's draft last uh, two nights ago. It was the first one of the year. And Miles Sanders went eight overall. Wow. That was a little high for me. And so maybe maybe we could put Miles Sanders in that conversation, yeah. you know. But, you know, again, he certainly has ability. It's question does Doug Peterson let him do it so right yeah and i think you know that's that's the thing that, that, I, that i know i struggle with it's ability is great opportunity is like you can be the most talented guy in the world but if for right. whatever reason you're not getting on the field or you're not getting the football uh it doesn't doesn't really matter um all right let's finish this out with some either ors uh, a couple of them will be fantasy related a couple of them are just for fun uh you don't need any long in-depth uh, analysis and you can use whatever criteria to pick one of these categories that you like uh so i'll start with bob lung C.D. Lamb or Jalen Rager? I got to go with Jalen Rager. I think that if C.D. Lamb was in a different team where he was more of a focus, he got more opportunity than being jammed in with, you know, the boys in Dallas, um, I think I would pick him. But I'm going to go Jalen Rager just because he has more opportunity to see the ball and be a part of that offense in Philadelphia. All right. uh, Bob Harris. I'll take the opposite direction. By the way, I mean, you, you, you could throw Lamb on that list of overdrafted right now. Because, I mean, he's only going about four receivers after Michael Gallup, right? I mean, people are buying into this. But I'll take him for the big playability, uh, even if he doesn't have a really, uh, you know, a, 
a complete role or a front line role, like coming in as a third receiver, just based on his big playability. Because I don't know what the Rager's role is. I honestly don't. And if he comes out and does great things, and I know a lot of people really believe in him, more power to him. Um, I would just rather go with something I know a little. I have a little better understanding of. All right, uh, let's go like so, sort of like handcuffs a little bit deeper here. Uh, start with Bob Harris, Tony Tony Pollard or Boston Scott. It's been Boston Scott for me because I have great faith in Zeke Elliott's ability to hold up through the season, as well as maybe a little standalone value for Scott. I think you have a little mm. more of that without the without depending on an injury. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and I'd say the same thing just because, like you said, uh, Doug Peterson likes to bring in those guys a few, you know, 10, 10 12 times a game, and Boston Scott's going to get that opportunity. Pollard will rarely see the field unless Zeke's hurt. Boston Scott, who was the 1.01 in drafts of players whose names sound like sports talk radio callers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going out to line three to Boston Scott. Um, all right, uh, Twizzlers or Red Vines, Bob Lung? Uh, Twizzlers, because I don't even know if they sell red vines around here. Is that where is that a wow. special part of the United States? I didn't know that was. I didn't know it was regional. I mean, I, I here in California, we have. I didn't think it was regional. I thought. I, thought I mean, like I don't national. ever remember seeing a bag that says red vines in the Midwest. Like I see Twizzlers everywhere. It's more a movie theater thing, right? Bag of red vines. I was mean, that? I know here. Like I think I can walk into like a Seven Eleven and get like a pack of red vines if I really wanted to. I I didn't realize it was uh regional like that this i will go look the next time i'm out but i don't ever remember seeing a choice of like twizzlers and red vines were side by side it were twizzlers wow. and always twizzlers so huh all right twizzlers uh, because of that <laughs> do, do they do they have red vines in new mexico bob harris I, i'm I pretty sure know. they do uh i don't eat the candy but when i did i was good with either of those things man eat them all day long <laughs> Uh, and, and it didn't really the, the brand wasn't a thing man they were red and they were long and they were chewy and that was it so I'm good <laughs> all right by all the right, way so we'll finish out. Boston Scott briefly yeah uh, I go with him even though I have a rule a general theory life never trust the first man a name a man whose first name is a place <laughs> huh I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to like after we're done here, I'm gonna have to start digging into that and <laughs> looking this up. Uh, interesting. Okay, uh, last one: uh, steak or chicken, Bob Harris? I know you you, you have you have gotten svelte uh, in your. Well, your and I'm years. plant-based eater now, so it's been like four years since I've eaten either steak <laughs> or chicken. Um, but at some point here, this whole plant-based thing is gonna lead me to massive quantities of both steak and chicken, and I'll eat them <laughs> both at the same time. First fork will be steak. Second fork will be chicken. I love them both, man. If I if I was still eating the meat, it would be a really close call. It would probably be a little more chicken because I tend to be a little healthier. But right. man, there's nothing to matter with steak, people. I I completely agree. Uh, I mean, Bob Long, I know you are in the Midwest where steak is big. Uh, th- is that going to influence your your decision here? <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Well, it's not. Um, so I love chicken as much as I love steak. I'm with Bob Harris on that. But I always, I, you know, when you have to make that decision, I don't remember hardly ever eating a piece of chicken where I literally had some kind of orgasmic response. You know, <laughs> steak where I've like eaten it went, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's why you got to go steak. 
I think that's fair. Um, you know, <laughs> no, I think it's completely fair. Plus, look, I I tend to like when I cook at home, I tend to cook more chicken. Um, so like when I go out, then I like I'll have somebody else make me a nice a nice steak. So I, I think that's totally fair. Uh, guys, I I have enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I mean, Bob Harris, we talk. You've been on this show frequently. We talk frequently. Bob Long, I know. You know, like I said, we won't be able to see each other in person, but I've I've enjoyed having you here. Thank you. Um, Honored to be here. Bob Lung, I'll start with you. Give give folks a you know a, a, a look at where you are, where they can find your work, what what you're up to nowadays. Appreciate it. So, uh, as Marcus said earlier in the show, uh, uh, Big Guy Fantasy Sports is the website. But if you're, uh, uh, I put out this uh, nice little magazine called the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, and every year Bob Harris and I get nominated for best publication with his football diehards. And one year I win, one year he wins, but he wins more often. Uh, but. <laughs> But I appreciate it. You've got to Amazon and you could get it there. Uh, you could go, then get the coupon code from the book and come and get the VIP access. You could put in your own scoring method into our uh, consistency report tool. Gives you the most consistent players in your league and your scoring system on the website. We have to update that all year so we can help show you how important it is to have consistency on your teams and your players. And that will help you out. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. And once again, Marcus, thank you for having me. Always an honor to even share with Mr. Harris. So thanks again for having me. I, I appreciate really it. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, Bob Harris, I know I have a lot of folks uh, who follow us follow you. But uh, for folks who don't, where can they find you? We're, you're, we can find me at footballdiehards.com, the website, at footballdiehard on Twitter. Uh, magazines this year uh weird year so we cut back but we're doing our 31st edition of the fantasy football pro forecast will be on newsstands uh august 1st uh featuring one marcus grant in a prominent role feature articles uh (laughs) experts polls etc as the same with the football diehards magazine 20th anniversary edition also be out august 1st you can buy those at whatever newsstands are around you or the (laughs) newsstand called footballdiehards.com and also you can hear me on the sirius xm uh fantasy sports radio uh damn near every day so it's almost hard to escape me i'm sorry about that everybody yeah i mean you're doing your show with mike dempsey and then you're doing a show with our our, our pal michael fabiano yep. um nice. guys over there at fantasy dirt yeah and uh, i did I, if you want to read my stream of consciousness about running back committees uh, go pick up the magazine um and uh you know you can scratch your head and be confused as to what i was doing when i uh, sat up late writing writing that one night so um so you go that is it we are done We appreciate you listening and downloading and watching the videos as always. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, never go to a doctor whose office plants have died. Take care of yourselves. Wear a mask. And we'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 